Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. This is Satellite Sisters Talk TV, our weekly recap of the Madam Secretary show, the CBS drama. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and usually I'm joined by my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. I am sorry to report that Julie has a head cold and could not report for, <laughs> for duty today. But you know, one of the great things about being a satellite sister is there's always another sister who could show up in your sister's place. Uh, we did it our whole childhood and we're still doing it in adulthood. So standing in for Julie Dolan is my other big sister, Liz Dolan. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the Madam Secretary Recap Show. Thank you, Leanne. And I just, I just want to say like, we have not poisoned Julie. I did not poison Julie so I could step in and play this role with Leanne on the Madam Secretary recap. So she's good. It's a head cold. She'll be back next week. But uh, I'm also a viewer of the show, so Leanne figured I could play along. That's right. Now, Liz, you also have some unique qualifications. Now, Julie, of course, brings a lot to the table in terms of international awareness. She lived abroad, both in Bangkok and in Moscow. She's done reporting abroad for Satellite Sisters for many years. She just has an interest in all things foreign service. Uh, mm -hmm. But Liz, shockingly, you have worked not only in the TV business, but you traveled a lot. So you enjoy airports all over the world. Would you say that's a specialty of yours? Airports are a specialty. I was sort of in the international television business, uh, including running marketing for the National Geographic channels all over the world. So one interesting intersection with Madam Secretary, Leon, is that a show I worked on at National Geographic, which is still running, by the way, which is really great, is Morgan Freeman's show, The Story of God. Oh, yeah. And so... That's the same. Morgan Freeman and Laurie McCreary created that show and also this show, Madam Secretary. So you see, that's how it all comes together. We're totally qualified then to do yeah. You're a worthy adversary in our Madam, Madam Secretary recap. So let's just dive in, Liz. This show was called A Break in Diplomacy, and um, I wrote that title down. Mm -hmm. I'm really getting good at this because usually Julie and I, every week we have to look up the title. <laughs> Title at the last minute. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're going to play a little game, Liz. Uh, the game this week, we're going to start off with this. Who's the inspiration? All right. Let's see. Who were the writers at Madam Secretary thinking about when they wrote this episode? Here's your clue. Okay. This was a serious episode featuring serious themes and a world leader known for being a rough around the edges, narcissistic businessman who ran an unusual campaign and has a history of lewd behavior towards women and corrupt business dealings with an unusually close ties to a country that was a former foe. Who does that sound like, Liz? Who does that sound like? I, should I be humming the dun, 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 dun theme song? Tell no. me, Leanne. Break it, it to me. If you guessed the Philippines, Liz, you guessed right. If you're uh, playing along at obviously. home. Obviously. Yeah. 
Totally. Totally. Obviously, the writers sitting around at the uh, the writing table at Madam Secretary knew that this was the reputation of the actual president of the Philippines. So they created a fictional president of the Philippines with many of the same attributes. It got him into a little bit of hot water. The Philippine embassy last week issued a strongly worded memo towards CBS that they did not appreciate the characteristic of the leader of the Philippines as such. But you know what, Liz? That actually is the characteristic of the leader of the Philippines. <laughs> so CBS did nothing. I even saw some, you know, some fiery tweets from Taya Leone like, hey, it's fiction, Philippines. Back off. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, got to give her Isn't credit. Isn't the current president of the Philippines, he's very pro-murder. He's, yes. he's, yeah. he's gone out on a limb in some of his positions. Yes. So yeah. I think he's a worthy target. <laughs> so, okay. So that being said, we're going to break it down by storylines. We'll go over the three storylines, Liz. Here are the rules at the Madam Secretary recap. We're going to do the three storylines, and then we'll go back and revisit each storyline. Okay. Does that sound Thank good? You. Okay. Yes, I All can right, do first that. First storyline I'm calling Sock It To Me Best or Let Them Eat Drones. Okay, so this is the A storyline. This is where we see Madam Secretary in all her glory flying all over the world, uh, negotiating this week the Singapore Exchange, which is supposed to be a meaningful territorial accord with Asia Pacific. It has something to do with the South China Sea. We're going to come back, Liz. I hope you have prepared some material about the South China Sea because that's the role Julie usually fills. Uh, But Madam Secretary ends up getting into a fist fight with the dirty and very dirty Philippine leader, forcing her to decide, like every woman ever, should she say something about this, you know, breach of conduct in the workplace, or should she just carry on, keep her mouth silent, and do her job as one of the most powerful women in the world? Uh, And she can only make the decision after digging in what appears to be the largest bowl of cereal ever poured on television. Did you... (laughs) Did you see that bowl of cereal? She was enjoying it. Well, she had just flown to Asia and back for 36 hours. So (laughs) apparently she did not get a meal. And uh, she was ready to dig into that lovingly provided cereal. I mean, that was a huge ball. Okay. In the B storyline, Jay goes undercover. Undercover Jay. Poor Jay. You know, he's been such a sad sack lately with his marriage falling apart and all. And so here's where we love best. Because remember, she came from the CIA, Liz. I don't know if you're yeah, right. Oh, right. Yes, she came right. From the I CIA. forget it. So she's getting the cold shoulder. Remember, Kevin from accounting poisoned in her office building. He turns out to be not only Daisy's new boyfriend, but also a deep cover agent for the CIA. And Bess, being from the CIA, wants to know what's what's what, because she knows if they planted someone at state, then there was probably something going on at state. And she's getting the cold shoulder from that guy who plays that same guy on every television show. You know that guy who runs <laughs> yeah, the, that guy. Yeah, yeah. The investigated guy. He's he's that same character on every TV show. So instead she turns Jay uh on. She said, Jay, you gotta find out what Kevin from accounting was working on and uh and how it affects us. So it turns out that Jay is pretty good at spycraft and he mm-hmm. uncovers Kevin's real mission. Uh, which was pretty complicated, but we'll get to that. And then the third storyline is Duck Dynasty Goes to the Devil. Okay, this is... (laughs) Okay. I just have to say, Madam Secretary Writers, we love you, but um, here at the... At Satellite Sisters Talk TV, we're just rejecting this storyline on the grounds that Henry seems way over his head. Okay? I just... I know mm-hmm. we don't we don't like this storyline. We don't trust Ian and we don't trust his neck tattoos. Not one bit. Like that whole story is disturbing to me. So, yeah, Henry just keeps stepping out of the woods to have these like deep cover conversations. I don't get that. Like unprotected Henry. I don't the whole yeah. thing I don't understand. 
So, all right, let's go back to Sokka to me best or let them eat drones. The A storyline where she gets into it with this Filipino leader. So first we open family, family breakfast. We love these scenes, uh, Liz, and we love Jason, the smart mouth. I mean, that's what our mother would call him, a smart mouth. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so we learn that she's trying to like bring together every country in Asia Pacific to do this territorial accord. It has something to do with the South China Sea, the overall diplomatic goal seems to be get the Philippines on board, but leave China out in the cold. Is that what you got from this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sort of a faux TPP. Is that what you're thinking? That's I, what uh, I was yeah. thinking. Okay, Liz, uh, I'll, I'll take Singapore it. exchange yeah. is a thinly veiled TPP. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so basically that leader of the Philippines decides, you know, within hours of Beth boarding a plane in that white dress, and we're going to get back to that dress, people don't worry, uh, that he, he doesn't want any part of this. Don't come to the Philippines. America is the worst, down with America, up with China. And <laughs> Beth's, Beth's like, let me just get on the plane, talk to him face-to-face, give him, give him some military might, and that'll shut him up. And that's when Russell says, give him some drones. Everybody and their grandma loves drones. So <laughs> she gets on the flight. She flies to Singapore. She has a seemingly, you know, decent conversation with this world leader who we know has a terrible reputation. And then uh, she's in the white dress. We have to get to it now, Liz. Okay. This yeah. this is a Carolina Herrera dress. I, I found out later, thanks to Twitter. And uh, it's a white shift dress with beautiful black flowers embroidered on it. She's wearing like a white chiffon blouse underneath. There is no possible way that that dress held up that well on a flight from DC to Singapore. And yet it does because it's the magic of TV, right? Yes. She gets over there and back really quickly and doesn't wrinkle at any point in the whole thing, even having like fought back the, uh, the assault from the Philippine president. So that's one good dress. That's, you know, I've been looking for that magic dress my entire career and never found it. So when uh, she bends over in the white dress, the, the leader of the Philippines, like, puts his hand on her behind, and that she turns around and she slugs him. Sugar Ray McCord. She just takes him down. She breaks his nose. Pure instinct. And I think anyone who had a brother, like Bess did, knows that instinct. <laughs> you learn it young. When you have a brother, you learn it young. Just start swinging. Ask swing first. Ask questions later. Just fend him off. Fend him off. So. Yeah, and she does some damage. I mean, he really, she hits him hard and then he hits his head against his desk or something. And then that's what appears to break his nose, which he comes up with a good cover story for, though, of course. Right, right. Because he's a, he's a martial artist and uh, he pretends he hurt it with a sparring partner. But Bess has to go back in D.C. To DC in that white dress and face the music. She has to face it diplomatically because apparently you're not supposed to punch the leaders of countries. Like that scene is poor form if you're the mm-hmm. secretary of state. But she also has to face it morally. Like what this guy did is wrong. He has a reputation. They suss out his reputation for lewd behavior, uh, sexual assault towards women. That's a problem. Uh, He's paid off women and he's threatened the lives of their families to keep them quiet. And so she's getting a lot of advice. Nadine wants Madam Secretary to come forward and say something. The whole world would be watching and she would give other women the courage to come forward. Whereas Bess is more concerned about the whole world and getting this accord in place, the Singapore exchange. And isn't that more important? So she really wrestles with that. And there were a lot of good lines there uh, in, in those conversations in the White House with Russell and the president. 
like when Beth says, sexual assault is an indiscretion. It's a crime. That was a good line. So Right. Russell tries to say like, oh, the people of the Philippines aren't going to care. They know he's guilty of indiscretions. And that's when she lands that line. Yeah. It was very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes home and Henry feeds her that giant bowl of cereal and she does some musings on pillows, which I didn't really understand. But okay, they she needed to get around to it. And uh and she said she's asking herself rhetorically, it's woman versus country, and that always seems to be the issue. Like we put aside these smaller things like, oh, guy putting his hand on my ass. Like we put that aside for the good of the company or the good of the country. And uh, you know, a woman's right to not be assaulted, when does that get to be the bigger picture? I like that line too. I thought that mm-hmm. was a great line. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, and I like the fact that Henry was just listening and supporting her, not solving her problem or telling her what to do. Right. I think Which she says, go ahead. I think she says like, I guess I'm just going to have to decide. Right. And he says, yes, you're going to have to decide. Not like, Hey honey, here's what I would do if someone put their hand on my ass. Like he's, he's good in that moment with her, I think. Yeah. Well, that's, that's when, you know, he's a fictional husband, Liz, because, <laughs> Clearly fiction. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're the you you are the one of the single sisters, and I can tell you, I don't have a husband. So, yeah. oh, really, that doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, they would. A, that's why I never got married. Yeah, not pour you the cereal, and B, tell you exactly what to do. Uh, <laughs> with your best interest at heart, but they would totally tell you yeah. what to do from uh, love. Yeah. So, um, so finally it turns out that she has some inside information from one of these women that the leader of the Philippines paid off. And you know what, Liz, I I don't know if you pay attention to this, but it seems like almost anybody can get into the Madam Secretary's office. Like there are constantly people showing up in her office, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is The fact that her staff lets people wait in her office unattended, (laughs) um, that seems like opening the door to some spy craft, you know, they just even... Like even in business, people don't let people sit in their office by themselves. That's when information gathering goes on. And yet at the State Department, well, Leanne, you've done business at the State Department. Yes. Did, the, did they ever let you just go sit in the Secretary of State's office no. by yourself? No, no, we didn't. We didn't get, no, no. And I will say this, having been at to the State Department, they have the biggest, meanest looking German shepherds you have ever seen. Like there's... It's not even like, oh, like sometimes at the airport you want to pet the German shepherds, you know? <laughs> no, you don't want to get anywhere near those dogs at security yeah. at the State Department. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. No, they are. No, they're the, they're, they're, their dogs are on fire at the State Department at, <laughs> at all time. Like, let's get the meanest dogs and take them to the State Department. So, um, but no, she's got a woman in there from the Philippines, one of the women that was paid off. And it turns out, of course, she was like sexually harassed by the president of the Philippines, the fictional president. But she was also paid off because she knew about the corruption and how the uh, Filipino president was colluding with China on all kinds of things that he shouldn't be colluding on. So mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. China and the Philippines do not have a friendly relationship. Can you add any more to that, Liz? Or, or are you punting? <laughs> you going to punt? <laughs> No, I'm not in Julie's position to talk about that in detail. But yeah, but China is the big dog in that part of the world and and increasingly threatening to everyone else, to the democracies in the region. So it's not, it's a familiar pattern. 
All right. So it turns out now Bess has the upper hand and she uh, she can force uh, the president of the Philippines to sign this document, the Singapore exchange. And then she has this thing that she can hold over him forever if he doesn't behave. But once again, someone forces, you know, Madam Secretary for political asylum. This is two weeks in a row. So that Madam Mm -hmm. Secretary has been approached by someone seeking political asylum. Now, in this case, the woman feels like her life is threatened and her family will be threatened. Uh, last week, it was just because the woman wanted to go to medical school. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're upping the stakes here. Okay. All right. And storyline B, uh, this is just Jay's spy craft. And uh, it's notable for a couple reasons, okay? It's notable because Jay takes like a hot woman out for dinner and it looks like he's going to make the move on her, doesn't it, Liz? This yes, is a source he has, and they're trying to figure out, like, what was on a plane, a manifesto from planes from Somalia. I think it's a manifesto. I think yeah. it's a manifesto, Man- yeah, not manif- a manifesto. <laughs> so uh, just, to, just to work on your own spy craft, do you want to ask for the manifest, <laughs> not the manifesto? Okay. I don't know. So something, illegal arms trading, plane manifest, Somalia... Jay has a source. They reconnect. And like she was willing, she was ready. She was ready. Don't you think she was into Jay? I thought, you know, well, she kind of tries to establish like, is what I think happening here was happening here. And and then they're both like, Oh no, 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 no. Of course. No, no, no. I just, I just need a manifest from you. But clearly there was some tension in that moment. Yeah. So uh, the plot thickens with Kevin from accounting. Uh, it turns out he was really investigating something deep, and I think that's going to be an ongoing storyline. Again, Kevin, rest in peace. We miss you, you Rafa, <laughs> Rafa from Jane the Virgin. I, I'm just really sorry. I only got a couple episodes on the show. Maybe there'll be some flashbacks as the story unfolds. That's what I'm hoping for. And yeah, then- maybe when they establish why the plane landed in Egypt on its way to Somalia, I think we need to understand that better, Leanne. So a flashback is in order. Okay. Good, Liz. Good thinking. Good thinking. And then, um, you know, could they be arms smuggling at the DOS? Stand by. And then finally, we have Henry's storyline. You know, he's trying. He's got a got a got a person. What are they? Got an agent trying to infiltrate this uh, this Christian terrorist group. They think they have a bomb. Turns out they have a drone with the bomb. Apparently, everybody does love drones. So Ed. Little little call back there on that uh, drone line in the beginning. Um, again, I, I don't know what Henry is doing out in the middle of. Why are all the spies in Virginia? First of all, who knew there were so many? Like, <laughs> it must be fairly close to D.C. If he can drop the kids off at school, drive out, you know, meet with the spy, and then come back and like make make the cereal bowl. Like that's yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Hide, hide in the woods till the appropriate time where the undercover guy comes driving out in a truck where who knows where he got that, you know, what the people he's with don't think it's suspicious that he's like leaving the compound at night to just go drive around. So yeah, I'm not sure. Is Henry getting there via drone? Where's his truck? It's very confusing to me. Yeah. So, uh, turns out that, uh, a, yes, there's a drone and B, he killed a guy in the cult. So now things are going to heat up there in that storyline. You know, we just feel like Henry should cut his losses and he should just go home and be a religion teacher for a little while and wait till Black Dog Station can fire up. But I don't think that's what he's going to do. So, uh, Liz, it was sort of a serious one-off episode 
episode, actually, um, uh, in terms of storylines. Usually we have a couple of fun, lighter storylines, but no, nothing really here. Even Blake didn't, didn't get his usual great lines in. But Liz, what we did have was a, a fantastic binders full of blouses. Okay. Yes. First of all, let's just, let's start with, um, the white Carolina Herrera dress. I mean, that's a win. I'm sorry Julie can't be on the show because that's really a dress that would look great on on Julie, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, I could imagine Julie in that. Yeah. Now, you said she had a chiffon blouse under the dress. Yes, I had interpreted that as a dress with chiffon sleeves, but no, that's her thing. She seems to wear a lot of blouses under dresses. Is yes. that a best move? Yes. It's yeah. like a signature move of hers. Yeah, I have to confirm. I thought it was a two two pieces, so uh, I, I can confirm that, Liz, on okay. Twitter. If you give me a second. Um, well, it looked great. I mean, she looked great in it, especially considering she flew to the Philippines about right. and clocked some guy in it, and yet there were no blood stains at all on the dress when yeah. she got. And, you know, everybody uh, loved the dress, but there was already immediate discussion on the um, on the Facebook page that that was a wildly um, un- uncomfortable dress to fly 36 hours in. I would agree with that. Yeah. Who in their like who in their right mind wears that on a plane for 36 hours? But uh, thank you, wardrobe. It looks beautiful. Um, OK, we also had the orange uh, pussy blouse. Right. Remember those yeah. were that. That's a callback. That's a political statement, I think. Uh, the orange is an unexpected color. We don't see that in a lot of the Madam Secretary palette. So a uh, shout out to that. Um, and then there was that, uh, there was that militaristic, uh, coat that I have to, eh, I have to give a big X to. Remember, Bess was in the blue coat with the red piping. It looked like she was a concierge at a hotel. Do you remember that? <laughs> remember that? Remember that one? I, yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have that reaction, but I can see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you need me to get your luggage? No, you're the secretary of state. You don't, you don't need to get my luggage. And then finally the Peter Frampton t-shirt. I think it's the second week in a row. So uh, we'd like to hear if you have any theories on what the hidden meaning of the Peter Frampton t-shirt is. Feel free. You know, she likes her rock and roll t-shirts best when she goes to sleep. So Frampton comes alive. What do you think? Is there, is there hidden meaning? Liz, did you have any theories on that? No, but that would be something to get to the bottom of. It seems like that's the kind of thing that executive producers put in just to make themselves laugh, right? Yeah. Like so, like Barbara Hall, who you've interviewed yeah. on this Satellite right. Sisters. She's probably a huge Frampton fan. Yeah. Or maybe it's Taya Leone or, you know, or Henry in real life. Yeah. Uh, it could be any of them. Right. So uh, that's it. For Did you have anything to add for the binders full of blouses? I know this is new for you, Liz. So maybe you weren't um, studying the clothes as carefully as we were. No, but I, I was that everyone on this show just always looks great, no matter how harried they are. Like Daisy always looks beautiful. Even Henry, when he steps out of the woods, he's got like the layered, the jacket and the vest and the shirt inside the vest. He looks good. He does not look like he just hiked in from somewhere for this like top secret meeting. It's like his, you know, his Uber just dropped him off on the side of the road in his perfect outfit. But I appreciate the fact that it's totally unrealistic that everyone looks so great all the time. But they look great. Yes, I like it. Yeah. People dressing up. It's good to see. It's good to see. So, uh, Liz, I can confirm now. Thanks to um, uh, a Twitter account I follow. That is a sleeveless shift dress. The Carolina uh-huh. Herrera dress. So she was wearing a chiffon blouse under it. And then I should add that was a the white trench coat, which we've seen before, which looks great on her, also hugely impractical. Uh, but um, <laughs> that's from theory, in case you were oh. going to be doing a little spring shopping. 
If we were really that's nice. That's a winner. That yeah. is a good item. That's yeah. a winner. Totally. Yeah. If we were really nice, we'd buy that all for Julie, but we're not that nice. So um, anyway, that's the episode. Anything else to add, Liz? Anything else on your on your first MSEC recap? Any other observations? Well, you know, I said this on Satellite Sisters this week. I'm over it, though. But I was just struggling with the fact that last time I was paying attention, Henry was in the CIA, and now he's in this completely domestic operation. So I just was not sure, like, if Henry got reassigned or are we supposed to just go along with the idea that the CIA is conducting these domestic operations? But you told me he just freelances around he as just, an under- yeah. I mean, it's it's a loose operation there. Sometimes it's NSA, sometimes it's CIA. Okay. He had a computer problem list. He just went straight to the FBI because his Mac was MacBook wasn't working. So he just took it to the FBI. So... Well, I appreciate the fact that he does it all. And also Bess, when Jay comes up with the manifest and she looks at that manifest like a real CIA operative, you know, calculating the the weight of the plane and if they were smuggling arms, how much would the arms have weighed? And like, it's not like she has to have any of this explained to her. So she goes marching right into the other bad guy's office and calls him on it. But if it were me, if I were an executive, you know, which I have been much of my career, and I found out that somebody put an undercover agent in my department, say in the marketing department that was an undercover agent from, you know, finance, I would also be alarmed. And I would also put my own people on the investigation, Leanne. So I think she has every right to get to the bottom of it. Okay. And Jay had that nice moment with Daisy. She's struggling with like, oh my gosh, my boyfriend who I thought was named Kevin was really named something else. And what did he do? And, and she said, just tell me one true thing about him. And he has a nice memory about uh, Kevin from accounting doing something nice for his nephew. So that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, That was a nice moment. Well, all in all, very serious episode. Some storylines will carry over. Others will be all wrapped up, but well done. Liz, I'm proud of you. You did it. You stepped up. You took okay. You, you stepped up. So I'm um, spending the rest of the week looking at the details of the Singapore interchange, Liam. <laughs> just so that exchange. should you need to call upon me next week, do they carry these things over episode to episode? Am I going to need to know any more about that? You know, sometimes <laughs> they do come back. Yeah, they do come back. So that's you know that's just it's a good okay. good idea to bone up on what really is happening in the South China Sea. What what is happening there, Liz? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, if you like Liz, you should listen to her every week on Satellite Sisters. Uh, we do a regular new podcast every Tuesday. We post one of our classic podcasts over the weekend on Sunday. Uh, we've been doing our Satellite Sisters podcast for nearly 10 years. We were a radio show before that. Nearly 10 years, Liz. Unbelievable. Hard to believe. Amazing. Really amazing. Um, so uh, that is, uh, you know, it was interesting. You know, there's a tripod, you know, you know, this movement, Liz, if you uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So one podcast is supposed to recommend another podcast. Now, if you find that you're very interested in, in matters of state, the, the, State Department. There's a podcast called Pod Save the World out there. Uh, and a couple weeks ago, they interviewed the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State under John Kerry, Heather Higginbottom. 
And she had a lot of really interesting things to say about how the State Department actually works and what kinds of things they work on and you know what long-term diplomacy really means and sort of how you get stuff done in this diplomatic uh, world. So I'm going to recommend that as a tripod, that particular episode, if you're interested in matters of state. Uh, it was fascinating to listen to her about how the State Department works, if Madam Secretary has piqued your interest. So that's there. That's my tripod uh, recommendation. I like it. I will definitely check that one out, Leah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a good episode. Yeah, good episode. All right. Uh, Pod Save the World. Right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Liz, have a fantastic week. You too, Leanne. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.